time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. Stay tuned, because it's on now. The Tom Sumner Program. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. You, I'm a dreamer.
Sunshine Radio For a new generation Tom Sumner Program.com Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com And welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour is... Um, a neighborhood lending executive from uh, Bank of America, A.J. Barkley, and she joins me by phone. A.J., welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Good morning, good morning. What do we mean when we talk about neighborhood lending? Well, really, neighborhood lending, uh, in terms of my role and what I do with my team, um, we really, really focus on strategies and tactics to help first-time home buyers, um, moderate income borrowers find ways to be prepared, get prepared, and be in a position to purchase their home. It could be their first home. It could be their second home. But there are certain dynamics and opportunities um, that we address for clients that are, are, again, really just starting off looking for homes. Uh, and that's what my team does at Neighborhood Lending at Bank of America. What role does home ownership um, play in economic recovery? Well, it's extremely important um, in an economic recovery, especially. But we do know that when a purchase, a person is able to purchase their home, it is one of the means to build wealth, to build equity uh, in a home, and start to be able to build a legacy for your family. If you think about uh, people who are sending their children off to college and or may have situations that are going to require funds. In many cases, home ownership is one of the means to be able to support those types of situations. And it's an asset. Um, many people have their first home and then they seek out the second home. People purchase homes to do different things, to uh, rent out. There's lots of things that happen through home ownership. And we think it's a great way uh, to build a legacy for yourself, your family, uh, and, and your extended family. You know, AJ, when when I first uh, learned we were going to be getting together and having this conversation, two things went through my mind. One is um, the impact of the uh, 2008 housing bubble and how I, I felt in the wake of that that I was very skeptical about home ownership going forward and I suspect a lot of other people were too and and so I'm going to ask you kind of two things because there are these two major events that that went through my head and the other is how people have looked at their homes during the pandemic when they've been forced to spend a lot more time at home um yeah what what happened in the, in the wake of the 2008 housing bubble? Have we completely recovered from that? And now are people, because of the pandemic and spending a lot of time in their homes, thinking they want more or different space? 
Well, what I'll tell you, um, you know, just from my, my experience in terms of uh, what's happening now in terms of housing, let's just say pre-pandemic, um, we've really been focused on making sure people are in a position for to set sustained home ownership. And so we want to ensure that when a person is able to be in a home, you know, a home, you, you get in a home, but you have to actually be prepared for other things besides just I find the papers, I'm in my home. It's important that you're prepared for any kind of emergencies. You know what happens. Yes, um, I do. <laughs> heater goes or something goes, right? And so it's. I think that uh, from, from me and my team and for Bank of America, we really want to make sure people are prepared um, as you think about, uh, again, pre-pandemic, it's always been a concern that it's sustained homeownership. Again, we're trying to build a legacy. Now, in terms of now, I think a lot of people have been looking and sitting in their homes and maybe not necessarily looking to purchase a new home. I think people have been looking in their homes and saying, hmm, I think I want to go uh, put a new countertop in or I want to do some renovations. Right. So we've seen in the industry lots of refinancing going on. But the other thing I would say, Tom, people that have been saving and saving and getting ready for their down payment and getting ready for closing costs, that the pandemic didn't necessarily deter them if, in fact, they were already on a path of home ownership. And that's why we're seeing, um, you know, uh, breakthrough uh, in certain communities uh, breakthrough purchases in homes. And so I guess it just depends on where the person was in their journey right now in terms of the pandemic, which is such an important, unfortunate situation. Yeah, I wonder, um, especially where um, nest eggs are concerned, if people, you know, who were knocked out of work or, or worked less, especially younger people working in restaurants and, and other service uh, industries, that found themselves unemployed or, or certainly underemployed um, if they haven't maybe dwindled those nest eggs a little bit? Yeah, I think you are going to see some of that, unfortunately. Um, people that might have been very close were able to get to the other side. I, you know, I view it depending on what service industry a person was in, um, where they were in their journey for home ownership. They may have just delayed um, dreams of home ownership. I think what we've been trying to focus on is we know it's not easy, home ownership in general. And so part of what we've done is even if people are not ready or thought they were almost ready, we try to continue to um, provide tools and resources so you can still be optimistic about your future as you look for employment, as you get back on the right path, as our economy gets back to the place it was. Um, I think it's really, really important. What I, what I try to say to people is don't give up. Be optimistic. Identify what your dream, well, not necessarily your dream home, right? Because your first home is not always your dream home. But, right, I think that's I another thing, right? I still so you don't have, have to recalibrate what you're going to get and what you can literally afford, right? Yeah, I, you may be able to afford a five-bedroom, three-bath house. That might not be the case now. Yeah, I still don't have that Rolls-Royce I've always wanted. <laughs> Absolutely. But what are, you know, what are the things that people who, especially young people and, and people that are looking toward a, you know, being being a first-time home buyer, what are the, the things that they should know, that they should um, factor in when they're, trying to determine maybe what, how they should set their goal? 
Yeah, so it's, it's actually a great question. Um, one, you need to be prepared to understand literally what you can li- what you can afford, and you need to start preparing for that. Um, it depends on where you are on the journey. Let's assume that you have already started saving. You you feel like you're ready, but you're not quite sure. So the first thing I say to people that are probably let's say six months out. You need to go ahead and get pre-qualified. Find yourself a um, a trusted a specialist, a loan specialist, to help you with your pre-qualification so you know what you literally can afford. That helps to put some um, parameters around your home ownership um, targets, and it helps you, uh, again, to fill the gaps of anything you may need in terms of closing costs and down payments. And we have a phenomenal program at Bank of America to support that. And if you're really early in the process and you don't even know where to start, we have lots of online um, first-time home buyer um, tools and education series and other things to help people in the convenience of their home. Because many times people are embarrassed. They don't want to ask questions. They don't want to ask anybody. They feel like they're the only ones that are struggling with understanding the process. And so I think it's important that, again, trusted advisor, really a loan specialist, and really use tools and resources that you can kind of get your head wrapped around in the convenience of your own home, if that's what you want now, because it's never too early and it's never too late to start thinking about home ownership. What about the availability of homes? Have a, a lot of people lost homes and, and there are some good deals to be had? Or um, am I reading that wrong? Well, it depends on the market. Um, some markets are tougher than others, um, and that's why you work with the loan specialists or realtors that could really help you maneuver through that. Um, I uh, always believe that if you search and you have realistic expectations of home ownership, you know, the, the chances of you getting a home are very high. Now, um, Lots of people are trying to become first-time home buyers, and so it is extremely competitive. And that's why I recommend in markets that are more competitive than others that you absolutely, if not just a pre-qualification, get pre-approved because you could be the same, you could be five people, you know, vying for the same home. And the more prepared you are, the more that you're, you know, that you're pre-qualified and or pre-approved, which are different. And literally, uh, if they have competing offers, they're going to take the best offer. So I think in some markets it's competition in general for the same property, but in others, there are gems in those communities. People just need someone to support them again, realtor, lending specialist to help them um, be ready if they're not, and if they are, you know, pre-qualified, pre-approved, so that you you can actually, you know, be in a better position than some people that are vying for the same home. More with A.J. Barkley from Bank of America about first-time home ownership. Straight ahead. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. 
The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can. Keep wearing masks correctly and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call The X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed, a magical place with magical charms, indoors, indoors, indoors. Take it away. Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. More with A.J. Barkley from Bank of America about first-time home ownership straight ahead. A.J., has qualification for home buying changed in this uh, age of the gig economy? No, I mean I'm, I can speak in general in terms of the in terms of the industry. I think um, 
people still need to qualify. You need to be able to demonstrate your ability to repay because, again, no one wants to position anyone to be put anyone in a position that they cannot take care of their mortgage and other expenses related to home ownership. And so um, I don't know if it's changed any different. I think people are going to be more cautious. Uh, I think people are going to want to have more in savings and be more prepared in case of an emergency because no one anticipated what's happening right now. And um, I, I think that uh, people are just going to be, uh, you know, if I speak for myself, I actually think about how I spend differently now over the last year. And so there's things that I would have purchased, you know, two two years ago without, a blink, without even blinking, but now I really think about, you know, okay, I have my home, should I do some renovations in my home or should I think about something else based on the current situation and being prepared, you know, because you never know what's going to happen. So uh, I think people are making their own personal decisions, but I think home ownership is still a priority for many people. Because remember, people that want homes for their first home and they're trying to build a legacy for their family and they, they want to move out of the apartment, they want the backyard. They, their dreams may not have changed; it may have been deferred a little, but they're still going to get focused, and they're not going to lose their, you know, energy around that. And that's why programs that we have the Bank of America to help people that have issues with reserves are extremely important, especially now. Are most first-time home buyers uh, young families or young couples who are possibly expecting a family? But, you know, um, millennials are really, um, we were thinking, you know, there, there's, it depends on which generation you're in, but in all generations, people are making different decisions. Um, there are actually 18 to 25-year-olds that are actually saying, hey, instead of this huge wedding we were planning, we're going to save that money, live with our in-laws so we can get our first home. People are making decisions on do they move in the condominiums versus townhouses versus homes because where they work is important. Millennials are who may have been waiting and not so sure that they wanted to purchase a home are actually going in and purchasing homes. So I think across the board, um, many people are making many different decisions over the last, let's say, 12 to 18 months uh, around home ownership. And they may not have been thinking about it before. Many of the reasons is that some people think they can't get in a home. There's so many urban myths around home ownership that it deters people from even thinking that they are even eligible to get their first home. Yeah, I, I want to talk about that eligibility because I agree with you, AJ. I think a lot of people who've never bought a home or owned a home um, are, are really kind of um, turned off or, or frightened by the process um how what are some of the the steps that that go into it um into qualifying and and how do people especially people who work multiple jobs that maybe aren't big paying jobs um how how do they prove their ability to pay back especially if they're young and they haven't built up a lot of credit well i think um Demonstrating your ability to repay your current debt is extremely important. Um, a house requires a mortgage payment, and then in many cases you have to have insurances and things like that. And so I just recommend people to ensure you have really good financial acumen and understand how to save, how to spend, how to pay your bills, have to be, be able to demonstrate that over a, uh, a period of time. 
And so, um, you know, one of the things that we do um, at Bank of America, we have our Better Money Habits, and it is a program, an online program, that helps people really start to get their head wrapped around how they should be managing their funds, their money, how they should be thinking about credit, how they should leverage credit. And so I just encourage people, um, whatever, you know, again, trusted advisor that you go to, uh, and spend time with that you really understand how to manage your money. That's the first thing. The second thing is there's practical tips to help build confidence when you get ready to buy a home. And I think I mentioned a couple times, Tom, pre-qualification and pre-approval. The pre-qualification process allows you to very quickly to see whether or not, you know, kind of gives you an idea of the range of the home that you can potentially get based on your income and high level view of debt well yeah especially in terms of especially in terms of uh, i was going to say it helps uh, pre-approval helps especially in terms of um setting the the goal of what you what you can afford um you know various house price ranges yes Yes, uh, yeah, because again, I talked about the five bedroom, three bath home. Sometimes people think that that's their dream home. Your first home isn't necessarily your last home, right? And so you need to be practical, you need to be thoughtful um, in doing that. But I think one of the cha- one of the biggest challenges, just to kind of to to uh, make a point here, is reserves is the biggest challenge for people typically. So they're credit worthy, credit ready. They have, you know, they've managed their debt. Everything is good, but they have a challenge with what we call reserves, reserves needed for closing costs and down payments. And so at Bank of America, we, I don't know if you, you've heard, you know, Tom, we've launched the Community Home Ownership Commitment, which assists clients with closing costs and down payment grants. Again, um, uh, it's important because many people can do it. They pay more in many cases for rent than they would pay for mortgage, and that's why it's important that you integrate and communicate with an a, a advisor, a trusted advisor, a lending specialist, because you don't know everything, right? If yeah, you, you bring up a good point. Home ownership piece. You bring up a good point, AJ, because when you look at house payment versus rent, there are other costs that you may not be thinking about. I mean, there's, you know, there's property tax, there's insurance in most uh, mortgage cases, and and so there may be uh, expenses that you aren't anticipating that you didn't have when you were renting. So you can't just put mortgage payment versus rent, and, and that's why you say it's important to have those those reserves, especially, um, you know, when you think, well, I've got just barely enough for a down payment. Well, that might not be enough to close the deal. Exactly, and that's why, um, you know, we made a commitment Bank of America did, gosh, uh, 2019, that we were going to help five, you know, five billion dollars of lending, put 20,000 additional people in homes, specifically focused on a low down payment mortgage, closing cost assistance, and down payment assistance. And as a result of that, the program of so many people that were there and ready to get their home, that we actually announced an expansion of that to 15 billion um, just a month ago putting an additional 40, 50, 60,000 people in homes. And, and this, is the, this is the point. Those reserves, Tom, that they would have been saving, right, to do the down payment and closing costs, they can then use those funds 
to save. That could be literally their savings uh, so that if an emergency happens in their home, if the water heater goes, we know those things happen, they're not, uh, they're in a position to be able to, to um, be prepared for emergencies. And that's what most people want. Again, they are credit ready. They have demonstrated their ability to manage their credit. Credit, it is just a reserves piece, again, for closing costs and down payments that in many cases are the barrier to home ownership. AJ, tell me a little bit more about uh, lending assistance and, and grant programs. Um, how do those work and where does the money come from? Well, um, I can't speak for all financial institutions, but at Bank of America, we have an uh, America's Home Grant uh, Program, which is up to $7,500 in closing costs, which you could buy your rate down, or um, it pays for reoccurring uh, closing cost expenses, and it's all free money, uh, up to $7,500, and it's funded by the bank. We also announced our down payment grant in select cities, which is 3% up to $10,000, uh, again, no repayment required on that. So depending on um, these programs combined, a person could have up to $17,500 of non-repayment. And then sometimes there are state and local bonds, uh, Tom, that actually can be applied as well. So it's really, really important. On, on top of a 3% uh, low down payment mortgage, so it's important because you don't know what you don't know as a new homeowner. You don't, you don't even, even if you're not a new homeowner, let's just say you had a home, you sold your home, and now you're back in the housing market again after 10, 15 years or whatever, a lot has changed. And so understanding these closing costs and down payment programs is extremely important. It, it is important that people understand is there repayment necessary? Again, at Bank of America, there is no repayment. And in eligible cities, is up to $17,500. And uh, that's that's a pretty big chunk of money when you're trying to figure out reserves and um, having funds available that you have been saving and saving, and um, you want to be prepared. Again, you want to be able to have not just your down payment and closing costs to get in your home. You want to be able to live in your home. Are there, I mean, obviously, home values are, are different in different cities it's it's a lot different buying a house in flint michigan than it is in uh, you know los angeles for example um yes it is are, are there places that are especially attractive and does location matter to the to, to new home buyers well, it depends. Um, some people want to be closer to work. Some people don't want to have, they want a home and they want to own a home, but they don't want to have to do a lot of yard work. So they may choose to do a condo. Some people may decide they want some space, but not a lot. They may decide to do a townhome. It's actually a very, per, very personal decision. I do think um, I'm finding more and more people wanting to move um uh, in communities that they can, if they have children and they want to have yards, they have pets. They, you know, people are making very, very personal decisions. So I can't like give you a, a general statement. I would just say that depending on the city you're in, the community you live, and some people decide to move um, to be in places that benefit their uh, lifestyle and what's important to them and their family. I just and, wonder uh, if know, that the has. In some cases, it's tough. 
I just wonder if that has changed a little bit, AJ, because of uh, the the remote working and uh, remote learning phenomenon. You know, if if people are a little less chained to trying to pick places that are close to work, or if you've noticed any trends in that direction. You know, um, I could just speak from personal experience. Yeah. If I were, you know, I, I plan, I work remotely now, but I plan to be back in my office at some point. Um, location does matter. There are, fr- I have friends that have said, you know what, I'm going to need more rooms because, you know, my kids like being at home and being homeschooled to, to some extent. And I think I want to keep doing this because I think it's been better for myself and my family, and they are making very different decisions. So I guess it depends on people's personal situation. I have seen people that say, look, I like this. I want four bedrooms so I can convert two to an office. And so we are seeing some of that. Um, I'm not sure how widespread it is, because, again, I think a lot of people are renovating their current homes and not necessarily purchasing. I mean, it's a little bit of both. Uh, that's happening on in the market, depending on uh, if it's a high-cost market or it's just a very tough market to get into um, um, in terms of home ownership. Interesting. Um, where are some places that, that people can look to find good, trusted, reliable uh, information to learn about what they might be getting into if they're thinking about a first-time home purchase? Great question. So if you want to learn more about some of the resources I was talking about at Bank of America, uh, you can go to www.bankofamerica.com forward slash homeowner. And um, you will have multiple resources and tools, as I said, you can look at in the convenience of your own home to get yourself up to speed, ask yourself some of the questions or use the tools to answer a lot of the questions you may have. Has shopping for homes changed dramatically because of the technology involved? Are more people um, looking at houses online as opposed to that, you know, Saturday and Sunday afternoon riding around with a realtor? Absolutely. You could do some initial <laughs> online research, absolutely, and get better, you know, get ahead of the, better understand the homes for sale in your market. Uh, we have uh, Bank of America Real Estate Center. It includes walkability scores, school information, how the property fits your personal needs. Absolutely. Look, the realtors are wanting that as well because it gives you an opportunity. There's virtual tours. You can do a lot virtually. And then it slims down, you know, uh, again, if walkability to schools or uh, certain things are important to you, you understand that before you get in your car and drive over with the realtor. Uh, it also, again, if you're pre-qualified, you're looking at the properties. It makes it so much easier. But, yeah, a lot of, look, a lot of people are doing a lot of things at home now because time is important, and they just like the ease of access and convenience, and they want to be able to do it at their own pace and their own speed. But you can look at, you know, 20, 30 homes in an hour versus trying to drive the 20, 30 homes, right? You remember that? So I'm like, you're, okay, we got all day Saturday and Sunday, we're going to be looking at homes, and you're in the car the bulk of the time. Those days are really done, I think. I think a lot of people are doing their homework, working with realtors virtually as well, and, um, you know, determining what may be best meeting their needs so they're down to like two or three homes perhaps. What about, physically visiting. what about the lending, AJ? Is is that possible to do? And 
Um, are there new services that have developed and evolved sure. around, you know, getting, like, can you close on Zoom? I'm not sure if you can close on Zoom. Um, I, just about anything else you could do virtually. Um, but you can do your full application through the digital mortgage experience. You can upload your documents. You can spend time with your lending specialist via phone or online. You can do almost anything and everything virtually. Not so sure about the closing on Zoom. But you still but, end up um, in an office somewhere doing that signing yeah, well, marathon. I'm again. <laughs> I said you still end up in an office somewhere doing that signing marathon. Well, perhaps. <laughs> I, I don't even want to quote because, you know, you ask me that question, I'm thinking, do I haven't been in an office to sign on a home? There's a lot of things that you could do uh, virtually. I would not speak about the closing because I do believe in many cases we do need to physically see uh, someone, but obviously it's in this current environment. Everyone's protected and we're doing it the right way. I mean, there's still times you need to get notarized paperwork done still, right? In some cases you could do it virtually. some cases you could do it face-to-face, but you're right, right? we got to get so much more creative uh, these days uh, than we ever thought we would have needed to. Well, this is uh, great, AJ, and I appreciate you spending the time sharing this information. Um, we're, we're almost out of time, but I want to give you an opportunity to, you know, maybe make a couple of points uh, that we didn't get to. Great. Thank you. So what I would say to your listeners is path to homeownership isn't always easy to ask, to navigate. But if you leverage uh, trusted advisors, tools and resources to get you prepared, it is a great start. I'd remind you that um, the place to do some of that starting of that journey is through Bank of America at www.bankofamerica.com forward slash homeowner. I would then also remind you if you're looking for a home, understand what is out there before you leave your home so that you can find uh, your time is valuable, you can find properties that, that meet your financial needs and your personal needs, get pre-qualified, and then leverage where available community homeownership commitment programs that have low down payment mortgages, closing costs, and down payment. Uh, it puts you in a better position to start to build wealth for your family, build a legacy for your family, by leveraging your reserves in a very, very thoughtful way. So, Tom, I appreciate the time uh, today. This was really great spending time with you. AJ, one one last quick thought. You've mentioned several times uh, trusted advisors, you know, in the areas of, uh, especially with regard to lending. Um, what's the best way for new homeowners to vet realtors, to vet lenders, and, and um get a sense that they're, they're people they trust. They haven't been through this before, so they don't have these people uh, in their, um, you know, in their in their phone contacts. Um, is is yeah. the best way word of mouth to, to check with other people and the experiences they've had? Well, I recommend two things. One, I would obviously say Bank of America's uh, loan specialists are phenomenal. But if you already are with a financial institution where you already bank, you should follow up with the financial institution that you currently bank with and see who their lending specialists are 
um, again, Bank of America, I always would go out and these specialists are phenomenal. All the programs I've talked about, they were versed on them. Well, and I would expect uh, you to root for the home team. <laughs> yes, but it's not home team. Look, I'm all about getting people in homes. That's my role as neighborhood lending. And I don't, you know, if it's not with Bank of America, if it's with another financial institution, I am passionate about people realizing the power of home ownership. So go to your own financial institution and seek guidance because many, many financial institutions have lending specialists or trusted advisors in their company that can help you. Um, and then in terms of realtors, that's a personal decision um, in terms of where you would go. Obviously, you know, check the Better Business Bureau and, you know, you want to make sure the people that you're working with are a really strong track record. But it's so important that you invest in making sure the people around you giving you guidance are there for you. It's a long process sometimes for people. It could be frustrating for people, especially if you don't know what you don't know. And that's why you need trusted advisors around you because, you know, one day you're going to, you know, you're going to get up and you're going to go, oh, I don't want to do this. As little as going to say, you can do it. You can do it. And so you're going to want someone really cheering you on and supporting you appropriately through the process. Well, AJ, thanks so much. This has been very helpful, I think. Thank you. Take care. That was A.J. Barkley. She is uh, Neighborhood Lending Executive at uh, Bank of America talking about first-time home ownership. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner programs. Darkwing Duck here, and every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck up. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination? A COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development 
cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila Tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, table dance, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not. Is a major factor in dancing like a retard. May cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them. Also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. And it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. Alcohol may cause pregnancy, and it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila! From the Tom Sumner Show This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. My guest is Linda Gartz. She is the author of a book called Redlined. Um, Linda, I, I mentioned earlier when we were talking that 
Um, you discovered uh, you were going through your parents' attic. I mean, you saw all these things going on as you were growing up in Chicago, but um, with with redlining and neighborhoods changing and white flight and, and all of those things that happened as a part of the 60s, and and then as the civil rights movement kicked up, the, the violence surrounding that. But what was it about the the pictures and the memorabilia that you found going through your parents' attic that sent you off to write Redlined? It's a long and torturous road. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I did not originally, uh, first of all, I never had a desire, desire in my heart like to write a book, to say I'm going to be an author of a book someday. I worked in television for several years and produced documentaries, which were really very interesting and fun for me to do because I got to meet people from all different walks and areas of life. But what happened when we found these uh, letters and diaries, uh, my brothers and I sorted, you know, all of this stuff we found in 25 bankers' boxes. We found it in various places in the attic, different people had saved different things. So I have my grandparents' diaries of coming to America in 1911, and my mom's diaries of falling in love with my dad in 1941, and her diaries as a little girl, and letters between them. And then in the 1960s, she started documenting um, the arrival of the very first African-American on our block. And you can read it and see her fear that she was afraid of this uh, event. Um, so when I first started this project, I felt like I was put on a magic carpet ride to the past, as if reading these letters and diaries, which were so vividly written, people don't write like this anymore, right? Today, you know, it's emails, it's texts, it's quick, you know, you don't even worry about your punctuation. My, my mother's diaries, I, I can't find a single mistake in them. Um, but I, I really got completely sucked into this other era, written from the point of view of people who lived through it. And I ended up, you know, reading all through this, which took several years, I ended up taking tons of writing classes because I realized that even though I'd written for television, it was not the same kind of writing. Um, and, and then I, I had this sprawling manuscript after working on it for years um, that was 135,000 words, which is about one and a half times longer than you want a book. So I knew I had to rein it in somehow, and um, as I thought more about it and I got some help from editors to look at it, we together decided, you know, the real core story here, I could have written a thousand different books, and I'm not exaggerating. I mean, there's so much information here. Um, I, I felt that this was the story that had the most meaning today and meant something beyond just a family history. There is still a lot about my family in this book, and many people have said to me when they've read it, they said, well, gee, why did you call this redlined? It's so much about your family. I said, yeah, but what this, the redlining kind of is, is the definitive moment in my parents' relationship and their dedication to um, property, care. I mean, they were absolutely devoted to caring for property. My dad had been raised as the child of um, janitors. My grandparents were immigrants, and they didn't have a, a good edu uh, education, so they worked as janitors and worked their butts off. Um, and so this is what, even though he himself had a college degree, he somehow was raised 
to believe that nothing was more noble than taking care of property. And um, so when you say, why did I decide to write Redline? Well, it was a long process of trying to figure out what did I want the focus of this book to be. And I had to, you know, there's an old phrase in, that writers all know is called kill your darlings. And it means sometimes the most favorite parts that you've written you have to get rid of because they don't fit <laughs> the story. <laughs> um. I'm just I'm fascinated by the fact that all of that information existed because this is you know there's something interesting about this because it's it's a true story it is a memoir it is about your family but it takes place in these very very turbulent times which are reflected in the documents the letters the diaries the photographs that you found and mm-hmm. and as you say, it it became a star in your own story. Yeah, absolutely. And and as I say, I think there are a lot of things to take away in the story besides the redlining. I mean, my I think there is a um, a kind of a, um, a morality play here about people who are in relationships to be beware of the things that might be affecting your relationship negatively. You know, my parents didn't have an Oprah Winfrey or a Dr. Phil to turn to to listen to how to solve their marital problems. Um, so it, it's a way of looking at couples and what happens when um, the parents of these couples have a negative influence on the relationship. It's also about mental illness. My grandmother was seriously mentally ill, and this is an issue that many families deal with today. Um, there's still not enough help for mental illness. I mean, we're told that at least 50% of our prison population is probably filled with people who are mentally ill. Um, so that's another aspect. And it's, and it's a coming-of-age story, which I didn't intend it to be in the beginning, but as I was in part of these writers' groups, they kept saying to me, well, we want to hear more about you. What were you thinking? What did you feel about this? What are your feelings? Um, so I, I tried to put more of that in, and the feedback I've gotten in the more than 50 Amazon reviews I've received, is that people love this family story. Well, and, and they, they can identify love. with it. I, I, I was just about to say that, you know, I, I'm, I'm having such a, a, a familiar time talking with you because we all have these family stories, especially, you know, I'm, I'm in my 60s now. And, you know, so I remember a lot of the things that are talked about in this book and it's it's a very familiar story in in many ways to anybody that grew up in this part of the country especially during those times mm-hmm. and it's um and, and I'm I'm actually getting a little frustrated cuz we're almost out of time and I want to squeeze a couple things in very very quickly first is going through all this stuff um was there what was there? There were all these scraps of information in different people's lives and how they interacted and, and crossed paths and, and all of that went in different directions and so on. But were there was there a bit of information that really surprised you, or was it a lot of things that surprised you? <laughs> uh. Gosh, Tom. Uh, Yeah, I was surprised by a lot of things. Um, 
some historical. Um, you know, I was, it was wonderful to follow my uncle as he trained to become a navigator for a B-17 in World War II. I have, you know, I can trace his entire training and what that meant for these young men back in the day and how brave they were and how, you know, we basically sent out these young boys to save the world, and they did. Um, so that was fascinating. Um, I also learned to my um, chagrin and sadness that my grandmother never liked my mother because she wrote it to my uncle and never dreamed that someday her granddaughter would read it. <laughs> um, um, I discovered how madly in love my mom was with my dad. I mean, we don't expect people to be in love if they married, but her diary entries are over the top. They are so adorable. Uh, I think any, when I read parts of this, I've presented to students, at, like pre-med students at Loyola, and after I finish reading a few diary entries, all the girls are going, aww, it's really cute. Um, so there were just, and, and just the, the, the amount of information, the, the, my grandmother writing back to Romania, and then, this is a long story I can't get into, but I, I was able to decipher these ancient, this ancient handwriting and these letters from Romania, and um, I speak German because I was a German major, and I was able to translate them and find out what happened to these people after World War One, after World War Two. So it was like a history lesson. That's another another book I'd love to write someday that, that people don't know about. Boy, there are so um, many things that, that <laughs> I, I want to tear into, but we've really got to kind of put a wrap there. But I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about. Obviously, the book Redlined, a memoir of race, change, and fractured community in 1960s Chicago. But I also want to see if you have a, a, a website or a place where people can find out more about you and some of your other projects, et cetera. Absolutely. Um, it's very simple. It's uh, com, And I uh, have a lot of resources about redlining. I have questions for book groups if you'd like to discuss this. We've had great discussions with book groups. Um, there's, you know, it tells how the, this entire collection is going to the Newberry Library, which is one of our finest research libraries here in the Chicago area. Anyway, you can find out tons of different things, um, the reviews it's gotten, and of course on Amazon you can read about 56 reviews of, of the book. Um, but my website, uh, lindagards.com, also has upcoming events and where events I've been to, and it's, it's, uh, I think it's got a lot of great information, so I'd hope people turn to it and, and uh, subscribe to it. Well, Linda Gartz, thank you so much for spending time with me this morning. Tom, thank you for having me. This was a real pleasure. I, I really enjoyed um, answering your questions. They were great. More of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. Old-fashioned radio For a new generation Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com Hi, I'm Alexander Zonjic. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner. 